Testing, yeah. Well, good evening. Good to see you guys this evening. Trust you come to worship the Lord and let him have his way in your hearts and lives and and just let him do wonderful things. Uh, Y'all bear with us tonight. When I get through with the announcements, I'm going to go back real quick and do the words for Sister Julie and, and you guys. So if we do a lot of bouncing around, don't it's, it's, it's okay. <laughs> That's right. We're, we're going to make it. Amen. We are going to make it. Uh, announcements. Want to remind you uh, this coming Saturday, uh, guys, at uh, 8:30 in the Fellowship Hall is the Bible Men's Bible Study and Fellowship. Um, next April the 15th is Men's Breakfast. Prime um, doo -doo -doo. Heart to Heart is April the 18th on a Tuesday at six o'clock with guest Carrie Turpin. Um, her and Stephen sit back here on the back row. She's, uh, I know she's worked in the health care business field, so I don't know what all she does. But anyway, I think it'll be good. I, and uh, ask all you ladies to come. Um, that's all I know about what's going to happen, so hopefully uh, more better information will be forthcoming. And then Prime Timers will be the 29th of this month, uh, out of next month. I say this month, it starts Saturday. <laughs> so, I mean, it's time is flying right along. Amen. Let's, uh, let's go to the Lord in prayer to this evening. Uh, remember all those that are on the prayer list, and uh, especially uh, probably, uh, I can see her face, I can't remember her name, Donna Phelps, remember Donna Phelps in our prayers tonight, uh, with several on the uh, text message info. Uh, some of them I recognize the names, some of them I didn't, so let's remember those. Might be you'd have a need you'd like to mention tonight we can pray with you about. Sister Carol? Yes, let's remember. Okay, the last name of the family is Lindsay. So let's remember them in our prayers that the Lord will just comfort them. And, you know, it's uh, one of those things you'll be wishing, why, why weren't we there? Um, but, you know, God knows, God understands, and God can comfort in a way that we probably don't know how to, okay? So let's also, remember the Lindsay family. Yes. Okay. When it happened, I mean, oh. they were in a boat together fishing, oh. so he was. Okay. Yeah. So he's going to need some. Yeah, that's uh, he had his, his friend's name was Connor, uh, so let's remember his friend as well. They were fishing when the seizure occurred, so it's it's just it's unfortunate and it's it's very heartbreaking. I I know for these families, so let's just hold them up in our prayers as well. Anyone else? All right, those that can, and we'll let you stand with me, and let's go to the Lord in prayer, and then we'll get into our worship and the Lord tonight. Everybody just join together, pray in your own way. Father God, as we come to you tonight, Lord, we thank you and we praise you for you for the knowledge that you are God and that you are our God. Lord, if Jesus is Savior and Lord of our lives, then you are our Father. You are our God. Lord, and you are the one who takes care of us, Lord. It's, Lord, a lot of times in ways that we see, but Lord, I also believe there are times that you do things that we never recognize and don't see it because you take care of things before they ever happen. And I thank you, Father God, that, that you are that kind of a God, that you love us that much. I thank you, Father God, that we have the privilege 
to come together and worship you in spirit and in truth. Lord God, I thank you, Lord, that you have made yourself available to whosoever will, that we can come before you, Lord, that we can make Jesus Savior and Lord of our lives, and then we have complete and total access to you as our Father. Through your word, Lord, you teach us, and through the Holy Spirit, you guide and direct us and teach us. And Father, all that you do, you do so that we can have that close intimate relationship with you and so that we can walk with you and Lord and that we can live for you every day of our lives to bring honor and glory and praise to your name. Father, we just bring these requests before you, Lord God, this morning, this evening, asking you, Father God, to touch in these hearts and lives. Lord, touch Sister Donna Phelps. Continue to minister healing in her heart and in her life. Lord, touch her spirit, soul, and body tonight, we pray in the name of Jesus. Uh, Father, we pray, Lord God, for every need that is on our prayer list, Lord God, every person that's affected, Lord God, that you will move, that you will heal, that you will deliver, that you will supply the need. Father God, God, that you will take care of the circumstances and the situations, Lord, that each of those names represent tonight. And Father, we thank you, Lord, for that. We pray, Lord, for the Lindsay family tonight, Lord God, and, and for this young man's friend, Connor, Lord, who uh, had to unfortunately witness what happened and probably unable to help. And Lord, you know within, uh, we know within reason that, that everything within us cries, why, Lord? But, Father God, I pray, Lord, that in the midst of the wine, that, Lord God, we will trust you. Holy Spirit, I ask you in the name of Jesus to go reach out and touch every member of every family, Lord, that is affected by this tragedy tonight. And I pray, Father God, that your peace and your comfort, Lord God, that, that that peace that passes all understanding, Lord, will just flood their hearts and lives, Lord, not only tonight and right now, but, Lord, in the days ahead, Lord God. And, and, and through the, the, the coming months, Lord, uh, that it takes and is a just to, Lord, being without this loved one. And I pray, Father God, tonight, your Holy Spirit, just lead them and guide them and direct them and lift them up, Lord God. And if there's only any of those that do not know Jesus as Savior, Lord of their life, I pray, Father God, that you will help them to understand that they can come to you and call upon you and you will answer. You will come to their rescue. And Father God, for all of these things, Lord, we just thank you for them. And Father, guide and direct us. Holy Spirit, be poured out and have your way. In our time tonight, Lord, as we worship you in song, Lord, and as we go into your word, help us to be challenged, stirred, and motivated, Father God, to reach out outside these four walls to touch those that need to know that Jesus Christ is truly Lord. And Father, for all of this, we thank you and give you praise. In Jesus' name, amen. King would die 
If praise is like perfume, I'll lavish mine on you. When we praise Him, it's like a, a sweet-smelling savor, I believe, in his, in his, to His nose. When we worship Him, when we honor Him, when from the very depths of our heart we just simply tell Him how much we love Him, he lives for that. And He lives to show His love back on us. If we, I think about the lady that poured the alabaster box of ointment on His feet and she washed His feet with her hair. Somebody made a fuss. But Jesus said, the poor you have. They said, well, that could have been sold for a lot of money and give to the poor. He said, the poor you have with you always, but me, you don't have always. For them, He would only be there physically for a short time. But because of the Holy Spirit, He is now with us every day. He is worthy of our praise. He is worthy of the oil from our heart. He is worthy from everything we give Him. And there's nothing physical. There's nothing material. There is nothing financial we can give Him. What He wants is yourself. That's all He wants. He's God. He can create anything else He needs. But he wants that. Sister Julie, could we one more time do that chorus? Like oil upon your feet, like wine for you to drink, like water from my heart, I'll pour my love on you. If praise is like a I'll lavish mine on you to let drop is gone I'll pour my love on you Hallelujah Hallelujah Let the Holy Spirit have his way tonight Lord, do what you need to do right now. Lord, we're yours. We're yours, Lord. Sister Julie. One of the songs we did Sunday night just has been going over and over and over in my head. But he talks about, you know, all I had to do was praise. All I had to do was worship. All I had to do was bow down. All I had to do was stay still. Amen. 
I appreciate the presence of the Holy Spirit tonight. I appreciate Sister Julie and Brother Dennis and their leading us and helping us to get in an attitude of worship and an attitude of praise. And uh, as I said last Wednesday night, holiness looks like singing these songs and making them a prayer. And that's part of it. Worship is the thing that helps us to kind of put aside for a little bit, if you will, what we're going through. It helps us to focus on Him. It helps us to focus our hearts. It helps to focus our minds. It helps us sometimes to tell the devil, shut up. I got time. I got, I need time to worship the God I serve. I need time to just spend time with Him. And that's what helps us to get to that point in place. The Lord bless you abundantly and richly for being here tonight. Uh, we got some out on, uh, there's a couple has anniversary, and this is their anniversary night, so their day or so they had plans, and, but uh, we just pray the Lord's blessings on them, and others have taken trips, places. They told us they wouldn't be here, and so uh, I'm going, okay, Lord, that's fine. We'll make it, and we'll preach it, the word as we need to. I want to look at a couple of scriptures this evening. Uh, I want to look at the book of Ezekiel chapter 22. I thought about this in this one verse that I know stood out in my mind, but I I wanted to go back and, and see why God said what he did. A lot of, and I, I, as I looked over a lot of these last few chapters of Ezekiel and, and kind of scanned over them, God sent him, Ezekiel, to proclaim a lot of bad news. God sent him to declare to ungodly people that he was displeased, that he was... It wasn't something that he was tickled to, to have and to, to see. And the sad fact of the matter was, and especially when it, occur, when it involved the people of Jerusalem, in the, the 22nd chapter of Ezekiel, God is talking about the city of Jerusalem. And it's a very, if you, you go back and read that whole chapter, and I, I, don't want, I may touch on parts of it, don't plan on going over the whole chapter, but go back and look at what he says about what was going on in Jerusalem at that time. Jerusalem at the point in time that Ezekiel was living, that God told him to say this, that Israel and Jerusalem, because it was probably the, the capital city for, I believe it was for, for Judah, uh, it may have been the cap- no, maybe in the capital city for for Israel, but I can't remember which one. But the thing about it was, what he talked about them, I think, was indicative of what was going on in the country at that time. What was going on in Israel, and it you almost look at it and you think, huh, sounds a lot like our world today. It's sad. It, it, it's pathetic. It's sinful. And sin and 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 its degradation, in, in this point in time, was kind of being glorified, if you will. The 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 high priests were just were taking bribes. They were falsely prophesying. God says this and God says that to appease those that were doing wrong. And God said, "I didn't tell them a thing. They haven't heard from me." And it's a very sad commentary and for the time that Ezekiel's living in and we can look at ourselves we can look at what's going on around us we can understand the heartaches and the headaches and and the, the the things that we see that we know are wrong and sometimes we can be tempted to simply say I just want to crawl back in my little cubby hole and stay there. 
We kind of get to that point, I think, sometimes where we think, Lord, we're praying, but nothing seems to be happening. We're concerned about our church. We're concerned about our country. We're concerned about the world that we live in. And it seems like sometimes that God is not doing anything. But I want us to get to a point where we understand what God wants out of us and to understand that if we will be faithful to what He tells us to do, He will work everything out. He doesn't need my advice. He doesn't need my opinion. He doesn't need or want to know what I think about the situation because he already knows what the situation is. He knows the front side and the back side and the left side and the right side of the situation. He knows all about it. But we need to be the people that he's looking for. In the last two verses of the book of Ezekiel chapter 22, uh, God says this. King James Version says it for this way. I'll, I'll get to that in a minute. Uh, from the New Living Translation, I looked for someone who might rebuild the wall of righteousness that guards the land. I searched for someone to stand in the gap in the wall so I wouldn't have to destroy the land, but I found no one. King James Version puts it like this, I looked for a man who would stand in the gap, make up the hedge, but I found no one. This is a sad, sad commentary. This is what God tells Ezekiel to tell the people of Jerusalem, to tell the people of Israel. I'm looking for someone that will stay righteous. I am looking for someone that will stay faithful. I am looking for someone that will stay true regardless of what's happening in their lives at this particular point in time. One of the prophets, I'm reminded of one of the prophets who said, told the Lord, he, he was, got discouraged. He says, Lord, I'm the only one serving you. And God said, Sonny boy, Listen. And I'm just, because I can't remember which, which prophet it was, but I knew it was one of the prophets, and he got, I'm the only one serving you. And he said, I have got, I believe he said, was 7,000 that have not bowed their knee to Baal. He didn't see them. He didn't know maybe where they were at. They weren't obvious, but it's not important whether it's obvious or not. What do we have to do? We have to go by what the Scripture tells us. The things that you and I are going through are not uncommon. It is not strange. It may be difficult. It may be hard to understand. But he said, realize that the same things that you're going through, there are other men and women of God around this world that are in the same situation you're in. You're not alone. We're in this together. And not only that, we are in this with God. Understand it. I, I hope those that are, you that are here tonight, I hope you get Because what I'm wanting to do, I'm wanting to encourage you. The time that he's talking about here in Ezekiel, the time that he, what he wrote about was unpleasant times. They were wicked. They were evil. They were to almost to the point where, like God said it was before uh, Noah, he said their thoughts were only evil continually. It's promoted. It's glorified. Anything that is totally contrary to what God's Word says is, is, is laughed at. If you laugh, and you laugh at God's Word, they make fun of God's Word. They make fun of Christians. But the thing about it is God says, I'm going to have the last word in all of this, and I'm going to show you who stands righteous and who stands worthy. 
Now, we're not worthy in ourselves. We understand that. We know that. I know me well enough to know that if I tried to be a, a good Christian person on my own, I'm going to mess it up big time. I need God to help me be the child of God that He wants me to be. I need the Holy Spirit to guide me and direct me to be the man of God that God calls me to be. But the day will come when God will say, there's a day coming when God's going to have a trumpet sound. There's a day coming when God is going to, with the, his, the shout and the voice of the archangel, he is calling his chosen ones out of this world. In the moment, in a twinkling of an eye, the Bible says. And the world that laughed and the world that scoffed and the world that has made its fun of the church and all that it stands for, they're going to come screaming to a church, but it's going to be too late. Yeah. Only those who have made themselves ready, only that bride without spot and without blemish, when that trumpet sounds in a split second, quicker than I, and I can't snap my fingers very well anymore, but quicker than I can snap my fingers, we're gone. You won't have time to grab anybody. You're not going to have any time to say, oh, I need to go. No, you're not. It's going to, so quickly, you're, you're, you're gone. You're gone. Yeah. We're gone. Yeah. They'll get to one, where do I all go? Where do I all go? And I'm sure the world in all of its ungodliness will come up some fantastic stories of where we all went. But they're wrong. There will be those that will tell them. Hopefully, uh, not hopefully, I don't say that that way, but I, w I would suspect there's going to be preachers that preached, that knew what the Word said, but yet they preached what their church wanted them to say. And they're going to stand, there was a, many years ago, back in the 70s, 50 years ago, that's hard to believe. Whoa. No, it's not. But there was... Duh. And I cannot remember what it was, but there was a movie made about the rapture. And one of the things that stood in my mind is there is one, after the day of the rapture, I think maybe it was the movie they called it Left Behind. It was before, yeah, I, no, it wasn't, the, no, it wasn't the late left, this latest Left Behind. It was back in the 70s, but they made that. But they showed this preacher who had preached to the congregation the things that they wanted to hear. Left, told them how good they were and how nice they were and how all this and didn't preach the word of God. And he's standing in an empty and behind a pulpit facing an empty, personless pews telling them this was what it really was about. I'm sorry I told you wrong, but it was too late. Why is it important? Why do we need to stand fast in the faith that we have? Because God is still looking. King James Version said, I look for a man that would stand in the gap, that would make up the hedge, but I found no one. How sad. God is still looking for that. God is still looking for you and I. In, in, the, in Luke chapter, I wrote down because I remembered this one because it fits with this pretty well. Jesus, in Luke chapter 18, Jesus tells the story about the, the widow lady who came to the unjust judge. And she came day after day after day after day. And this unjust judge says, I don't regard God and I don't care for people. But I have got to get this woman out of my courtroom because she's fixing to drive me crazy. And Jesus said, he went on to say, and God is not an unjust judge, but he went on to say this. If God's people keep calling on him and believing him and standing on his word, that's, that's what I get out of that. He said, won't he judge righteously? 
will he not provide justice for his own? But he makes a statement about that. He said, but when the Son of Man comes, will he find faith in the earth? Well, Rogers preached this pretty straight Sunday night. We are going to have to make up our minds, make up our hearts that we are going to stand with God for Him regardless. It won't be easy, but you know what? Jesus made this promise to us, I will never leave you nor forsake you. If he went with Paul and Silas into the prison after they'd been whooped severely. If he went with the disciples all of the different ways and places that they went when they preached as they, as they began to scatter out and make, around the world that that was known at that time. If God was with them. The New Testament book of Acts tells us that God confirmed his word with signs and wonders following. They were beaten, they were imprisoned, they were stoned. But they kept coming back. Why? Because they had the little widow woman in the 18th chapter of Luke tells us what he's explaining to us. The way I see it, Some the, the Amplified says she had, will God find a similar persistent faith when he comes back. Her faith was, my fight's not with God, it's with the devil. Who is it that doesn't want you and I to have the things of God? Who is it that wants you and I to get fearful? Who is it that wants you and I to get upset? Who is it that wants you and I to get to a place where we start doubting what God has said and what God has promised? Casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God is our, uh, our authority. God gave us that authority. And if it doesn't agree with God or His Word, we have the right as the child and the, the son and the daughter of God, we have the right to say, Satan, get behind me. That's not from my Father. God's looking for men and women that will stay true to Him regardless. We've got to kind of have the faith of, and that I believe that the three Hebrew children had. They stand before Nebuchadnezzar, and Nebuchadnezzar says, Wait a minute, it's told me that you didn't bow down to my great wonderful statue of myself I've made. Now listen, guys. And this is what I, when, as I read that story, this is what I hear. He's kind of saying, now listen, I like you guys. I think that they had, they had gained favor. They had gained uh, uh, respect with those that they work with. They gained respect for Nebuchadnezzar. But he said, look, the decree has been made. And if you guys don't bow down when that, all that music starts, I'm going to have to throw you in the fire. But I like their answer. We are not careful to answer you in this matter, King. They weren't being smart. Aleck. They just said, look, we don't have to think about this. He said, God is able to deliver us from your hand. But if he doesn't, You go back and look at it. They said, if he doesn't, we're still delivered out of your hand, O king. If God did not come in, Jesus did not come in the fire. They had died. Then they, had, or they were out of the king's jurisdiction. And we know the story. You've been in church long enough, you know the story. Nebuchadnezzar looks and hollers, wait a minute. Didn't we throw three of them in there? Uh, yes, sir, we did. We, 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 there was three. He said, how come I see four? And the fourth, 
looks like the Son of God. Called them. And, and you've you got to understand something. This, this really makes a lot more sense to me right now. Uh, we have, or had, at the cemetery, we, with all of the dead trees that the bad, hard winters killed and stuff, we had a what, brush pile. No, we had a brush mountain. I kid you not. It's about 60, 70 foot long. It was about 20 foot high and about 15, 20 foot wide. We started burning that stuff off. You take stuff that's been sitting there for the last four years, it's good and dried out. It, I mean, you, can, you can't see through the, you can see through the, through the, the, the heat coming off of that fire, but I mean, you know something? You can't hear through it. As big and as hot as that fire was, we've been doing it in sections, so we didn't light the whole thing off. <laughs> We'd probably burn up half a eight. <laughs> it would have been hot, trust me. But the thing about it was, is hot. I mean, we and trust me, we had piles that would, I'm sure, fill up this whole front sanctuary between these two pews. We had a hole dug and stuff stuffed in there, and we had that thing. It, it was roaring like nobody's business. But I happened to be on the other side, and my boss said something to him, and I knew he was talking, and I could hear it kind of coming around the flames, but I couldn't understand what he said. How did Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego hear Nebuchadnezzar call them out? Good question. But he did. The thing about it was, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego stood firm. They filled their place. They made up the hedge for what they did. They stood for God. Daniel and the lion's den. The prophets. I mean, story after story after story whose people's, people's lives have been threatened because of their belief in God, but they stood firm. These are the kind of people God was looking for. These are the kind of people that the Bible talks about in the, the 11th chapter of the, of the book of Hebrews, the hall of fame of faith, if you will. There's several of them, Gideon and, and Barak and, and all David and all of these others. But church, what does that tell us? That tells us that God always honors those that stand for him. What did Jesus say? He said, if you're ashamed of me before men, I will be ashamed of you before my father. I look for a man who would stand in the gap, make up the hedge. I like the way that this version puts it because it says, I look for someone who might rebuild the wall of righteousness that guards the land. Who would make up the wall. Righteousness is a guard. See, What's what, what does God say? I look for someone who might rebuild the wall of righteousness that guards the land. What does the Bible say about righteousness and unrighteousness? Righteousness exalts a nation, but sin is a reproach to any people. I think it's in Proverbs. But I'm just me. It's just me. Sometimes we get that Elijah in, Lord, I'm the only one serving you. No, you're not. You may, it may seem like it, and the enemy may want you to think like it, just like he did with the children of Israel. When Moses sent the 12 spies into the promised land, two of them went in with faith. Ten of them didn't. How do you know? Because the two that came back were going, man, this place is fantastic. 
I mean, look at the big bunch of grapes we brought back. Look at all. This place is terrific. Let's go get it. The ten without faith said, no way in the middle. There's giants in the land. You think God didn't know that when he sent them in there? He already knew that. What did he tell them? If you go back and read that, God said, look, you are going to a land that I am giving you. Who was giving them the land? God was. Who's going who's to tell God he can't do what he wants to do? I'm going to say this as gently as I know how. God is going to do what he wants to do with you or without you. He's going to get it done. Kind of like Brother Meyer was. He said that time the Lord told him to pray for that guy, and he, he, he didn't. He told God, I'm going to never do that again. <laughs> he missed a blessing. He missed knowing that God had touched somebody through him. It doesn't mean he was all that in, in a bag of chips. But it just meant that God had used him. There's a sense of satisfaction in God using us. It's not us. It's God through us. If I touch your lives, if the things that I say up here, trying to help us and trying to help us stay and keep encouraged in what we're doing and in the, in the battle that we're in, if it helps, it's not me, it's God. I'll do, I will do my best. This verse, I thought about it. Lord, that's a hard verse. <laughs> he wouldn't really let me know about which one he wanted me to do till today. I'm honest with you, Lord. What are we preaching on Wednesday night, please? I'm not telling you. I'm like, Lord, I would really kind of like to have this stuff rolling into my head so I can kind of, I'll tell you when you get there. He did tell me this morning, today, so I didn't have to wait till the last minute. I have had to, but I didn't. Well, what's he doing? He's saying, I'm looking for somebody that will be faithful, that will be true, that I can show myself mighty through, and that I can touch other lives through. This is an equal opportunity God. You know what I'm saying? Do you understand what I'm trying to tell you? God's an equal opportunity God. If we will be like Samuel, when Eli told him, he kept hearing the voice, he kept running to, to Eli, Lord, see, Eli, you called him. No, I didn't. Go back to sleep, boy. Eli finally realized it was what was going on, and he said, the next time you hear that voice calling your name, Simply say, speak, Lord, for your servant hears. Yeah. Isaiah says it this way. God says, who am I? God, God puts it this way. He said, who will go for me and who will I send? And after the angel came with a coal off the altar and it touched the, Isaiah's lips, Isaiah said, here am I, Lord, send me. Yeah. Here am I, Lord, send me. Send me to my neighbor across the street with a word of encouragement with a, an opportunity to pray for them send me to that person the lady I was at Walmart yesterday I think it was picking up some stuff and the young lady that was checking me out we got to talking about something oh I know what it was they have a little when you, I guess when you use your credit card, they have this little deal that you can punch stars on it, which tells Walmart that you want them to keep cashiers at cashier stands. I'm going, why not? You're not paying me to cash out myself. Yeah. <laughs> if you are, cut the prices. <laughs> but anyway, we got to talking. <laughs> And I said something. I said, you bet you you guys need it. You people need to make a, a living just like everybody else. Yeah. I said, you sure didn't. You know, I punched that little fifth star on there, you know, which helped them. And I said, and I said, you know, it's not like Walmart's, you know, broke. 
She says, huh, it's not like I'm the queen of Sheba. <laughs> and then I got started, and I said, well, or, or Anthony. No, I said, no, that's not right. It was Anthony and Cleopatra. It was King Solomon and, and the queen of Sheba. Now, whether she got, I have a feeling she got what I was talking about, and, you know, in that little conversation. But it doesn't matter. Yeah. It doesn't have to be serious all the time. It just You just talk to people. You be concerned about them. You show them the love of Jesus. Jesus says this, when I come. Let me read that to you. Luke chapter 18, verse 8. He's talking about that deal. Let me go to verse 6. He says, learn the lesson of this, from this unjust judge. Even he rendered a just decision in the end. He's talking about the little lady. This, he did, if she keeps coming, she's going to drive me crazy. But he gave the right decision. So don't you think God will surely give justice to his chosen people? Now listen to this. Don't you think God will surely give justice to his chosen people who cry out to him day and night? Will he keep putting them off? I tell you, he will grant justice to them quickly. But when the Son of Man returns... How many will he find on the earth who have faith? The Apostle Paul told Timothy, he said, I have finished my course. He says, I'm about to die. The time of my departure is at hand. And he said, I have finished my course. I have fought a good fight. He gave the devil fits. And that's exactly what God's expecting you and I to do. And lastly, he said, I have kept the faith. Paul was one who had been in prison, had been stoned, had been beaten, been shipwrecked, snake bit. I don't, you, know. you stop thinking about all the stuff Paul went through. But he said, I've finished the course I've made it to the end I've made it to that checkered flag I've fought a good fight there's a good fight when you and I are fighting the devil and we're conquering him day in and day out yes it's a good fight but most importantly Paul said I've kept the faith God says in Ezekiel, I look for a man to make up the hedge, to stand in the gap, but I couldn't find one. God, let that never be said about us. Stay faithful. Keep on believing. I don't see it. I don't see any sign of it coming to pass what we want and need here. But God said we could have it. We can pray together. We can believe together. And I believe God will bring it to pass. And it'll be what he wants. Absolutely. Because I don't want anything less than what he wants. Anything less than what God wants is not good enough. It's not good enough. It won't work. But what God says, this is what I want. It'll work. Stay faithful. I encourage you, stay faithful. Stay faithful. Every head bowed and every eye closed for a moment. Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you, Lord, for the encouragement, Lord, that we find in it. Lord, a lot of times there were things when, times when you had to be very harsh. But your word says... You love those. You chastise those that you love, not because they're doing something necessarily doing something wrong that you love chastising, but you want us to be in the best spiritual condition we can be. And I thank you, Father, Lord, that even with Ezekiel, you told him what was on your heart, and you told him that there was something, somebody, there was people that could have helped in this situation, but you couldn't find any. But you've made it possible for us every day to have faith, to be men and women of faith. 
We walk by faith, not by sight, the Apostle Paul tells us. And so, Father, help us to remain strong in our faith, to remind ourselves daily, hourly if we've got to, how good you are and how faithful you are. And may it encourage us and strengthen us to have be men and women of faith. For your word says in Hebrews, Lord, without faith it is impossible to please you. For they that come to you must believe that you are and that you are a rewarder of those that diligently seek you. Father, I pray right now for those that may be listening. Lord, that do not know Jesus as Savior and Lord of their life. That's where our faith gets its first exercise. Jesus died to bring us into relationship with God the Father. That's, that's why he came. He made the way. In the Jewish, in Jesus' day, there was a temple. And in the temple, there was a holy place where most people, a lot of good people could go. There was a place called the most holy place where the high priest could only go once a year having offered blood for his own sins and blood for the sin, offer of sin, blood for the sins of a sacrificed animal for the sins of all of Israel. He could only go once a year. But that, in that temple, there was a curtain, a thick, very thick curtain. And when I mean thick, I'm not meaning it was tall, but it was very thick from front to back. And when Jesus died on the cross and when he said it is finished, that curtain split in two from top to bottom. And when it did, it made it possible for every man, woman, boy, and girl to walk into the very presence of God through Jesus Christ. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father but by me. But we need to know the life that we're living, that these people that, that Ezekiel was sent to, they were doing things that they knew God had said was wrong. You may be doing things that you know God says is wrong. doesn't matter what the world says. It doesn't matter what the public media says or, or common popular opinion says. If God has said it's wrong, it's still wrong today. But here's the good news. If you'll come to Jesus and let him be Savior and Lord of your life, he'll give you a new heart. He'll give you a new mind, a new way of thinking, his way of thinking. And it's the way of righteousness. It's a way of faith. If you don't know Jesus as Savior and Lord of your life, all you have to do is simply say, Jesus I need you to come into my life. Make me a new creature. Your word says, Jesus, any man that is in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. I want to be that new creature. I want to be that new creation. And I believe, Jesus, that you are the one that can get me to that place because you are the only one that gave your life but rose again to make sure that what you wanted to occur, what you wanted to happen, would happen exactly as you said. Just say, Jesus, come into my life. Save me. Change me. And help me, Lord, to live a life of faith for you. It takes an act of faith. It's an act of faith to simply say that out loud. But do that if you really believe it, really want that in your heart. The Lord's really talking to you about that, and it is stirring in your heart. I want to know this, Jesus. All you have to say, Jesus, I need to know you. I want you in my heart and my life to come in, and he will. You'll be forgiven of your sins, and then you find yourself a church that teaches the Word of God, and you get in there and get involved with it and, become, and learn and grow and develop. It's a growing process, but he will help you to grow every day. Father, I pray for, Lord, those that may have heard this, Lord, that are, will hear it, and, Lord, that they respond to that as they call upon you. Help them to know in their spirit. Help them to know inside 
that they know that they've met Jesus and that Jesus is now Savior and Lord of their life. Father, and give them the, the freedom and give them, Lord, the courage to tell another Christian, to tell someone of that they've given their life to Jesus. And Lord, help them to realize that with the heart we believe, uh, with the heart uh, we believe unto righteousness, with the mouth we make, is our confession to salvation. For we believe and then we say we have. Father, I thank you for that. I thank you for everyone that has, is doing that or will do that, Lord, when they see this. Father, I pray for this congregation. I pray for us as a church, Lord, that those that are seeking you, those that are continuing to follow after you, that we don't give up. We're too far into this journey to give up. And I pray, Father, Lord, for strength from on high. I pray for Holy Spirit strength, Lord, to flood the hearts and lives of every child of God that is believing you. Lord, for our situation here in the church, for our situations at home, with our families, Lord God, all the things that we face. I pray, Father God, that you'll strengthen us and help us to be ones. Lord, that when you do come back, you will find us faithful before you persistently faithful lord and we thank you lord because as we go from this place you go with us you never leave us you never forsake us and you guide and you direct us through your spirit and we thank you for that promise we thank you for that reality and father i just pray lord it'll be real to each and every one of us as we leave this place tonight and help us lord to touch the hearts and lives of others with your life your love and your power. And in Jesus' name I ask it all. And the church said, Amen. Amen. Bless you for coming. We plan on seeing you Sunday.